This is K-12 Tech Talk. K-12 Tech Talk. The podcast by K-12 Techs for K-12 Techs. Real conversations, real arguments, and real banter on trending K-12 technology topics and issues. Live from the somethingcool.com studios, this is the K-12 Tech Talk podcast, episode 114. I am Josh. With me, we're all back together actually tonight. The first time I've seen the inside of Chris's house in over a month. I I'm not trying to hang out the whole time. This is that was Chris and Mark. Hello. Hey Mark. So it's been another week. It seems like these weeks are flying by like crazy. Thankfully, Jeremy has stocked the green room again with uh spring beverages, a nice uh light fresca this evening. Um, not looking, uh, I didn't see any food, so I don't know what's up with that, Jeremy. Uh, but Jeremy and the Cooligans at somethingcool.com can help you with any number of issues. Uh, they sell hardware, they sell software, they can do some uh, cyber training for your staff, they can do phishing services. Uh, what else? What am I missing, dude? They like selling ruckus. Oh. They got, they got cloud backup stuff as well. Oh, that's right. And Jeremy did. This is real talk. He said, tell Josh to quit badmouthing like SonicWall and Lenovo. I haven't. Oh, okay. (laughs) I haven't badmouthed SonicWall in a while now. (laughs) Lenovo, they're they're on the top of of that list. (laughs) All right. Uh, So what's Jeremy's email address? Jeremy at somethingcool.com. Shoot Jeremy an email and tell him that we sent you. And that you uh, like Lenovo, that you like SonicWall. Yes, it's all a bit, right? It's it's all just yeah. a bit. Um, no, really. I did have someone ask, does something cool really send you guys stuff? <laughs> I had somebody ask me that this weekend. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yeah. they do. Yeah. It's all true. Not, Ghost um, energy drinks, Warheads, Warhead yeah. sour watermelon. That's what I'm drinking. Lime Fresca. Um, so what, what's been up, guys? It's It's been a busy week. It's testing season. It's spring. Spring is in the air. Mark, you just said it was 85 in your town today. Yeah, really nice weather. Went for a walk today. I thought about some things. <laughs> <laughs> Mark might be in midlife crisis. Um, <laughs> yeah, so are you guys... Mark, when do you guys do... Do you guys do spring assessment? When is your assessment? time frame where you live we are in the middle of our of our assessment window yeah i was at a school the other day uh and that they we had a school it was like we're gonna we're gonna test every kid today for the first day i was like well this is this this sounds like a recipe for disaster but it was good (laughs) it was very smooth you guys test on chromebooks right and that yeah 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 we do too since Mm -hmm. we really started pushing one-to-one heavy about five years ago it's it's been really interesting to watch how my first couple of years in my district, the spring assessment window in those buildings, they only had one cart per grade level. So they had to share it. So the testing window, we took advantage of the entire like month and a half, two month long testing window, where now every every classroom has a cart and every kid has a device available to them almost any time during the day. So they can bang out that testing window in like a week and a half now. It's uh, It's pretty wild how that happens. Um, 
Chris, any any thoughts on spring assessments? We just started this week as well. We typically do luck out where they pick one or two classrooms and small class sizes, like 10 or less kids. Uh, we did happen to pick. Uh, so we use, what is it, Josh? DRC. Yeah. Uh, the day that DRC was down this week. Yep. Was our very first day of trying to test. I think there were a lot of people in that boat. And I think that's probably what I think that happens every year. Yep. Every year, the start of the window, DRC crashes because everyone tries to get in. Because I we 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 try to do like we, we tell the buildings to do the pre-check stuff that you can do to check, yeah. you know, screen resolution, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I tell them that like two months in advance. And do a reminder email like, hey, make sure you check this. There's a building tech that can help fix those things. They're looking for the, they do that check and they're looking for the green check marks the whole bit. Right, right. So they were feeling pretty good. Uh, and then that building in particular called because they're freaking out. And they're like, we checked these because that's always my first. Hey, did you check that Chromebook? Is it getting right. the green check marks? That's the easy thing to tell a teacher. Um, yeah. And it's always the resolution. It's always the kids that have messed with the resolution. It's always. The- I agree. Um. <laughs> You guys test early in the window. We so Chris and I. It's no secret. Chris and I are in the same state. Um, our we we will not start testing. I think for another week and a half. So we we ride that window till the bitter end, and it kind of freaks me out. We've had this discussion before, where you hear you hear these horror stories where, like a a squirrel or a groundhog chews through a a fiber line, and the district loses internet for three days that that's my fear is like we're waiting until the bitter end of the testing window and like they have to be turned in on Tuesday and we're testing on Monday. My fear is that there's going to be a badger eat through a fiber line and, and we're not going to be able a to wild boar. Oh, wild in it, uh, an out, uh, outbreak of an alpaca horde goes running down the street. You know, what a pick your favorite animal. Uh, well, and in our neck of woods, it's the construction vehicles that come out of hibernation this time of year. <laughs> And they all start digging. The big, the big they all yellow, start digging. Big yellow yeah. cable finders. The giant caterpillars and backhoes, and they all come out, stretch their buckets, and then they just start digging Whoa, in the what'd ground. What did you say? Buc- you bucket. Bucket. Buc- okay. Bucket. And then they start digging, and then sometimes they find food, and sometimes they find fiber lines. Um, and so that's happened to us a couple times already. That sucks, man. Yeah. 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 We've had that happen more than once. More than once. Yeah. Oh, that was, yeah. No, those I are not ch- fun conversations. Can I say a ISP's name? Char- sure. Back, uh, should yeah, I? I whatever. Had a uh, issue with an ISP this week. I, I, I'm the, I'll, I'll omit the name. <laughs> you have the worst problems with your ISPs. Uh, we had, we had a deal. There was some weird routing things going on. We could, we could get to this gateway. This is kind of school related, kind of not whatever. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. Uh, could ping this gateway, but couldn't actually reach it. It was really weird. And if you were like with, if you were in-house, it was okay. But externally, you're on another provider, not working. Long story short, uh, we are from, Josh and I are from Missouri. Uh, abbreviation is M-O, spelled M-I, you know. Uh, so Spectrum, or I'm not saying the name, I forgot. Anyways, they thought I was in Michigan. Oh, so they did a bunch of routing junk. Uh, we were going Michigan trying. I don't even know what they were doing on the back end. How but, does that even happen? <laughs> so the the local uh, tech, when he came, he called it in and he was like, he put the phone and he was like, 
They just asked me how the weather was in Michigan. I'm pretty sure I have an idea about what's going on here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How, how yeah, is I don't know. that? I don't know. And it took wow. it, it took a little while still for them because the, they have like, here's the five things we're going to troubleshoot before we're really going to yeah. dig into it. Right, right. Uh, so they're testing the line and testing the speed and, and, and whatever, five different tests before they allowed him to get to the – and this is him talking – to him, you know, to his em- employer, uh, before they would let him speak and say like, Hey, I think, I think we got some wrong state stuff going on. <laughs> uh, he told me, he's like, I'm up to, I'm up to, to do all this stupid stuff before they're going to let, let, let me, uh, express my opinion, but how's kind of fun. <laughs> you know, you know who that wouldn't happen to because they're in, they're into, they, is do, they do audits. They'll audit your G your Google workspace. Absolute. Yes. Absolute. A proud sponsor of the K twelve Tech Talk podcast. You looked really confused there for a minute. I was. Free. Well, I'm still was, learning about was, Absolute. As are you. As are we. As I'm are the listeners. I was talking about the wrong vendor. I just didn't know. Are we? Who are we talking about? Uh, they want me to talk about how they can help you protect against ransomware. Uh, we think of ransomware. We, we we don't think about this, but typically a lot of people think about ransomware in business sector land. It's absolutely hitting in K twelve now. Uh, the bad actors, they're going after us now in K-12. It's, it's been that way for a while. Uh, Absolute, they have a unique ransomware response product. Uh, they can help you with your security trolls to put into place. Um, and I'm going to put a link uh, in the podcast description about the ransomware response uh, that Absolute can help you with. And we're about, we're like three weeks in with, with, with Absolute. We're going to keep... Uh, Mark's favorite word. We're going to keep unpacking a little bit about them. Uh, If you're paying attention, go out of your way to actually look at the podcast description, click on those links and learn more. Uh, But they're going to be with us for like a total of six weeks. So towards the end of this, uh, I think we're probably going to do a sit down interview with a couple of guys from Absolute. If you want any information after checking them out, if you email Oliver Schmidt, that's oschmidt at absolute.com. I'll put his email address in the podcast description as well it's totally childish but i giggle like a schoolboy whenever you say yeah i wish you wouldn't because i don't know how oliver feels about that i'm sure he hates it he's probably gonna punch me in the throat when we have this he listens too he's (laughs) gonna send me something about this i feel like this is good like i think it's great i think it's the perfect sales rep oh yeah right people remember it like i'm going to remember oliver's name because of his email address yes (laughs) it was absolute a proud sponsor of the K12 Tech Talk podcast, so, which, by the way, hit 50,000 downloads this week. <clears throat> yeah. No claps, nothing. Yay. Yeah. Um, yes, 50,000 downloads. That's awesome. Speaking of, okay, a couple comments while you were talking. I, I have things going in and out of my head. Uh, if you're paying attention, off. Chris, you said you made you use the phrase, if you're paying attention. If you're paying attention to these episodes, count the number of times that Chris says the word unpack or unpacking. You know, I feel, did you guys have another text? Like, were you guys texting about me or talking about me behind my back? No. No, not this week. Did you crack that joke before we started this? And then I said it, and then you're talking about it again. That's what makes me think that you've talked about me. No, we have not talked behind your back. No, this is all organic. Um, so yeah, just count and email us or tweet us how many times he says unpack or unpacking. Uh, so, uh, you had mentioned ransomware and what absolute can do. 
something that came up on K12 Tech Pro this week was um, oh K12 Tech Pro. Somebody, yes, the vetted community for K12 technicians and K12 IT directors uh, about, um, you know, it, like a forum, a discussion forum. And there's different water cool post in and somebody, I don't remember the name of the person that posted this, but they are getting ready to do a tabletop exercise with their school and some leadership in their school on a ransomware incident. And um, I, f- <laughs> I felt like it was a, a good idea to, to unpack. Um, but my the point of this is CISA if 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 you don't know uh CISA the cyber um they have several tabletops pre-built for all of the critical infrastructure um everything from a third-party vendor event to local government event a federal civilian executive branch uh ddos attack one of the things they have excuse me one of the things they have is a k-12 schools uh, situation manual, a CTEP situation manual. And this walks you through a ransomware incident in a K-12 environment. It has uh, several different modules to it, and you kind of step through it like a storyline. And uh, this is different than the one that I took part in uh, over a year ago, and they have definitely stepped their game up. They have definitely improved this tabletop exercise I feel like it's definitely a conversation or a, a scenario that you could walk through um, with almost any leadership or any employee in the district. Because, you know, Chris, we were talking about the show or before the show about how, you know, some of the hard discussions are going to be, okay, how long can you live without a financial system? How long can you live without charging for lunch real time? Um, those are kind of the questions that this prods you to ask and then develop a priority for systems to be brought back up. Um, yeah, because like that particular one that that they have posted, I forget the actual question, but it's like it, it, it wants the room to have a conversation about all the different systems and then really dig into it. Like at what point, like let's talk about it, room, at what point would you say high school, would you say elementary, would you say safety director, would you say admin uh, that we don't have school? Uh, how many days could we go without with our cooks having to do everything by hand as far as who's eating breakfast and who's eating lunch? Uh, and, th- and then like that financial system conversation. Uh, hey, sis admin and tech department, if if our financial system was hit, how many days would it take you to get us back up and running? And he says two. But then you're looking over at the financial people and they're like, oh, no, we can only be down for a day. Well, we need to have a conversation about this right now because – we hit our we, we have the ability to promise you or to, to strive for two days if you're saying one day and and okay let's talk about this which side's winning here or what's the compromise do we need to spend more money on backups for that particular system or are we just going to settle we need to talk about what if it's three days what if it's four days uh to actually have those conversations uh and banter about them and and that particular one gave like i forget it gets into like it's like day one there's like yeah. an email from the FBI, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And that's kind of the point of the blah, 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 even is, okay, counselor that came to this tabletop exercise, if you get an email about FBI that talks about ransomware, do, do you think that pertains to you at all? Or do you just write that thing off? Okay, you say you write that thing off. What about you, principal, when you see an email like that? Does that affect you at all? Do you think about that? Okay, day one, you guys think that's tech department's problem. And then it's not until it, it was like, it's like day nine, like an employee gets fired. And again, you're supposed to kind of think through the room. 
Do we care about as far as a cybersecurity threat goes if an employee gets fired? Like what precautions do we have with that? And then it really hits, uh, gets bad about day 40 or whatever, where a ransomware attack is introduced and you're supposed to unpack that. So not just for tech departments to go through the scenario, uh, but for everyone too. And I think, it, go ahead, Mark, I'm sorry. Nope, I was just making the motion that he just said unpack. Oh, I did? Yep. I I think it definitely helps um, the non-technical people in your district. If you invite, you know, a, a cross-platform or cross-departmental um, type event, um, it helps those non-technical people kind of get a glimpse into the amount of noise that we see on a daily basis from alerts from MSI SAC, CISA, FBI, um, and okay, how do you how do you parse out? How do you pull out the one or two that oh, I really need to pay attention to this one. Um, and then you know, like in in this in this tabletop, it's something kind of out of left field that you haven't been alerted to that ends up happening. So you know, you you have this constant and and they're all valid emails are all valid alerts, but which ones do you take more seriously than others? And I think that's a good, um, those people kind of need to see that. You know, I, I'm trying to get better, but I struggle with tabletops a little bit because you're kind of supposed to like use your imagination and like get into it. Yeah. And I have a hard time. Like the one that you hosted, Josh. Yeah. It was great, but I just like listening to other people. Um, I just have a hard time like, I don't know, like Josh, Josh was like, he was like fed feelings of being under attack when he's going through the exercise. So that's every day, man. Do you role play like Dungeons and, and Dungeons and Dragons style? Not like Dungeons Josh and Dragons, one, no. one person is the dungeon master. I'm like, oh, <laughs> ransomware. <laughs> if you, if you, you rolled. Roll. Well, that, that uh, backdoors and breaches, you yes, roll, you, you exactly. actually roll and do yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So back, if, if you're. You've unlocked the ransomware. <laughs> If you don't know what backdoors and breaches is, it is roll the from, dice to see what the Bitcoin amount will be. <laughs> it's it's from uh, Black Hills Information Security, and they have made a card game that is uh, all uh, not all encompassing, but several different threat vectors, uh, several uh, gotchas as as the event goes on, and and you loot you do legitimately. Um, roll dice to see how you figure things out and how you get beyond certain steps and certain <laughs> certain events that are taking place. They've got a really good YouTube video on how to play it, and they their office kind of steps through playing the game, and it's it's pretty entertaining. Um, that's from Black Hills Information Security. They are super cool. They offer a lot of training. This is not they are not paying us to say any of this. Actually, um, they offer you a lot of training. Um, they're super, they are brilliant people. Um, they, they, um, they've got some really cool t-shirts. I, I bought, uh, I bought a couple t-shirts from them. So, um, yeah, check them out. Backdoors and breaches. If choose um, your character, high school secretary. <laughs> what kind of armor does the high school secretary have? I don't know. <laughs> Maintenance director. <laughs> Hit points plus four. Um, <laughs> so, Chris, you said we had we had we had some. Uh, man, we could spend an hour just drawing up the characters. I know. Us. I'm holding back. <laughs> um, Chris, you said we had some listener emails. Why don't you? 
We did. So listener Aaron uh, said, and this has been a, a little while ago, and I don't think I was around for this episode, uh, but you guys unpacked uh, about the Chrome, the net export exploit. Uh, you guys talked about that on an episode, um, and he spent some time messing with that, unpacking it. I might keep saying it. Uh, found the website where you can upload and and, yeah. and figure out some things. Uh, so he was giving us a thank you for that information, but also to pass along that it's a thousand percent legit. Uh, it, that is a real life exploit happening. Yeah, and remind me what what that was. That. Boy, what was that? That was something with getting into a Chrome URL or a Chrome OS URL, exporting a text file, and then going to a website that kind of unhashed uh, the text string that was in that text file. And it came back with the SSID passphrase, if I'm remembering right. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, the afternoon that we found it, I think it was a post on Reddit or K12 Tech Pro, one of the two, um, because they're so they're so competing there. Um, David that afternoon, Goliath. One of my one of my guys uh, saw it and he's like, uh, "Yeah, I just did this and this is legit. Like this really does work." So um, it is definitely a threat. Yeah, and that's something that you can block. You can block yes. that URL. You can go into Google Admin and do the URL blocking on that. Yep. which probably should have already had happened, right? Uh, yeah, but, th- you know, that gets back into that thing of Google releasing settings that I feel like they could do a much better job of alert- alerting admins to. Um, and look, again, like last week, that wireless setting that we changed, I didn't know that existed. Um, so I don't I don't know that you can really blame anyone for having not having that blocked. I think uh, I can tell a funny uh, student Chromebook story really quick. I think this is, yeah, 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 yeah. I can I can unpack this real quick. Had a had a kid, um, Chromebook having an issue. I think it was with his screen, touch screen or something not working. Brings the Chromebook down. Uh, I spend just a little bit. I'm I'm actually the one that messes with it. Do a little bit of diagnostic stuff. It's absolutely the screen. So we're gonna issue him a new Chromebook. Uh, so that's what's gonna happen, right? So take his stuff out. It's gonna go to the library. They're gonna issue him a new Chromebook. He comes back later. Um, because he saved a bunch of stuff to his like the local downloads folder on the Chromebook, which is a bummer because that stuff doesn't transfer with you. Right. And I can tell he's devastated. And usually when this happens, the guys kind of look at me. They want because our at our I'm located at the high school and we have like a like a half door and we want to be available uh, to the teachers, to the kids. Uh, but when when stuff like this is happening, the guys kind of look at me because I'm going to be the villain. That says your downloads are gone. Uh, so I'm saying it nice. Though. I'm like, hey, man, yeah, anything really important to you, you should save to your Google Drive. Don't save it locally to your downloads folder. We're not going to be able to get that back for you, blah, blah, blah. Because we've already tried to wipe that Chromebook and moved on with life and stuff. He's devastated. I can tell. Uh, he does a quick hand movement. Um, and I didn't notice this. My technician noticed this in the middle of us talking. Uh, and then he's like, well, my Chromebook's doing this. And he had he had done the keys to make it try to refresh, like to make it have like a Chrome OS error, you know, yeah. like ready to be wiped. Uh, so my technician noticed that he so what he was trying to do was like he was trying to get his Chromebook back. Yeah. Uh, very smart. But then we just reset it and told him he's good to go. But he was trying. 
he was trying. Good, good story. Great story. Yeah. yeah. Cut uh, that. Uh, so what's our next? What's our next <laughs> listener email? Oh, you bring me down to bring me back up. Another listener email from Mike. Uh, talking about the three-year episode, and I don't think I was around for this one either. I think it was it was uh, intern. It was Eric the intern. I mean, let's let's face it. You probably we could consider you part time for the last two months, three months. I don't know what's been going on. Anyway, he said uh, somehow I hadn't heard your podcast until fairly recently, and I'm really enjoying it a lot so far. Your episode about about it being three years since everything closed down uh, really resonated with me, as it marked a huge moment in my life. Uh, my wife and I had welcomed our first child into the world shortly after the lockdown. And then he just goes on to unpack just how crazy uh, it was during that time. And he told us things for uh, our work and to keep it up. But an interesting listening to that episode that you guys did. I don't know if that's is that trauma that we have with that time or just these memories hit really hard. We can instantly like think back about what life was like. I think you during that time that trauma. Yeah. I was thinking about talking about Google admin stuff. I got all kinds of OUs in there. I need to clean up. That was like on the fly, uh, virtual learning things we were doing that I need to go back and do cleanup of my tech stuff. Still. I remember spin up a Google site for our virtual learners in a day. And my department oh, was geez. like, what are you doing building the website? And I was like, I had to do it guys. And our final listener email, which will, I think, uh, interesting. Yeah. So listener, uh, H, uh, we'll go with that. Uh, I am proposing to our administration that we shut off our public facing CIS in the late evenings and weekends to help protect against possible cyber attacks. Older administration doesn't understand and they want to keep things running. Uh, and that means that people, of course, at 1 a.m. will have access. What are your thoughts on something like this? Um, I would really like to power these things off uh, to have the bad guys have some disadvantage. Mark. Uh, yeah, I had, it, it, I hadn't thought about that. Uh, and I think my gut reaction to that was like, well, that just seems a little maybe unnecessary. Like why bother doing that? I mean, and, and I guess it all depends on how you're going to do it. When you say powering off, that just seems like it's a recipe for disaster when you have to power things back on in the morning. Um, but you know, the more I think about it, you know, we're we're right now planning for spring break and we're going through kind of buttoning down the hatches and looking for, you know, as we start to go and, and go migrate away from our systems for the next week and we have less eyes looking at things, we're butt battening down the hatches and starting to figure out what are the things we need to clean up. Um, so it does kind of make sense, like taking that on a smaller level, you know, you're not in your student information system in the middle of the night. You don't have a legitimate business need to be there. Um, so I kind of see that. I, I do see the value in saying there's no need for us to have a system up and active in the middle of the night when all of us are asleep. Why not take it offline um, to reduce risk? Can I can I take a counterpoint to that? You can. Yeah. So, Mark, you're dumb. Um, <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, no, the only the only concern that I would have with that would be. I know we have teachers that grade things later in the evening. Um, so I think finding that time that you either have a firewall rule that kicks in and disables external access, or you have a scheduled task that shuts the box down, 
I think you're going to have to try and find that sweet spot. You know, is it, is it 11 o'clock at night? Is it midnight? Is it 1am? And then when does it come back on? Because I know when I pull into the office at 650 in the morning, there's teachers that have beat me there. So yeah. at what time do you, do you bring that stuff back up? I, I understand the idea of it, but I almost wonder if you're not, you're not bringing more headache onto your, um, we, a couple of years ago, we took the step of creating a scheduled task that shut down machines on Friday nights. And I just did it because it, no one reboots their machines. Like I right. know for a fact, if, if we don't do this, there's going to be machines in my district that have been up for 174 days since the first day of school. Mm-hmm. So, but some people had the idea, well, you know, if they're powered off, they can't be hit. Well, yeah, that that's true, but that's not, that's not the big push while I was, why I was doing that. Um, I think there is validity to the statement. I just think it would be a, it would be a tough conversation. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm not, I'm kind of indifferent on this one. I mean, I think we're, we're right now looking at, you know, summer vacation, as you start to get to summer vacation, what are the big things that you need to do to prepare for summer vacation? You know, that's when, if you look at some of these big attacks, LA was a great example where they were hit at 8 p.m. on the Friday night before Labor Day weekend. And you start to look at other districts getting hit, they're getting hit on Thursday nights, Friday nights before Easter weekend, before spring break. So I do think that there is is validity in saying when we don't need a system, um, we know that our attackers are going to hit us when we're down, when we're not looking, and they know when we're asleep. Um I don't know. I mean, really on how you do that, how you implement that, I think really needs to be cared for. Otherwise, you're going to make a whole lot more work for yourself if it does not come back automatically. And you got to imagine there's always going to be somebody that wakes up before you oh, yeah. and is going to go to the SIS. So if you don't have it set where you can have that on at a reasonable hour, and I honestly, I think 5 a.m. would be the latest I'd have it come back on. Um, at least in my district, I know we have people uh, at work, um, shortly after five, uh, and you have to do it in a way that does not depend on you. Otherwise you're, you're going to kill yourself when people yeah. start knocking on your door in the middle of, or in the early morning. So you guys, um, yeah. like your, your, like your homes, do you leave your front doors unlocked? No, no, no. Do you no, ever no, leave no. your front doors open overnight? I mean, I thought the answer to the first question was, <laughs> solve that it's locked but it's we open lock, mark yeah yeah no we lock our doors and then we just leave them wide open um mm. no i grew i grew up in an area where we never never locked the door once we go on vacation and never lock the door yeah but where i am now i gotta lock it um <laughs> yeah so just quickly another thought that comes to my head is a a parent that works night shift that sure. wants to check their students grades you know i i think there would be a whole lot of use cases that you're going to will end up generating a call. If you try to do that, I would like <clears throat> if listener H ended up doing this, I would like to hear back. He's not going to, you called him, you called Mark dumb. Therefore you called listener H dumb. I was just being, I was trying to have a debate with Mark. Um, yeah. And I was agreeing with H and I got called dumb, man. It wasn't <laughs> even my idea. Uh, I would like to hear back that, if the if H did implement this, how has it gone? How how did people take it? Um, have, have parents have have you know members of the community said anything about it? Um, it, it would be an interesting case study, I think. 
And I mean, maybe we're going to get to the point where ins- cyber insurance is going to require it. Hey, I get, so listener H, I was slow to uh, reply to him on the yeah. email. So I was just, I was like, I think he emailed back. Oh gosh. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> um, he said, if you want some feedback, <laughs> this wasn't planned. This, was this is great. Planned. He said, I actually did the sys shutdown uh, as a test weekends only at first starting Friday night. I opened it to every night without saying anything to anyone. I moved all other servers to this policy basically in the middle of the next month. Uh, to date, I have had one PE teacher on a Friday night who was at home watching a movie, eating pizza and decided to hop on and enter in his grades off hours. I've had one student ask about getting into his grades from home uh, after hours. Uh, both cases, they were uh isolated incidences and no one else asked or complained. Uh, once I mentioned the hours of operation, uh, both have been satisfied and moved on both of those, that, 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 that teacher and that student. He said, I think I'm going to leave it as it is for right now. Uh, it re- was really not a big deal. And honestly, there might be two or three people that actually access it over hours. You know? Yeah. Well, okay. So if not shutting the system down, what else can you do to prepare for that time when you're you're away? What are you going to do over a long weekend over before spring break? Because everybody's going on spring break or they just came back right. from spring break. So what are those things that you can do to prepare for that, that unattended time period? You know, it, not a server thing, but desktops. You could, you could ask teachers to shut your, their machines down. Mark, like you've said, kind of kill off any non-critical systems that are tapping the web for anything. Mm-hmm. Put in a rule that says, you know, these the print server can't get out to the web or, you know. <clears throat> but again, how much work are you going to go to on the front side to just come back a week later and, and undo it? I, I don't know. Um, is it worthwhile? Probably. Is it going to protect you? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, I I think you're on something there too. I think it could really depend on, like, okay, the three of us considering this. If 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 we then went to our our tech departments and we talked through how we would accomplish this, if it's kind of easy to accomplish, okay, sure. let's do yeah. it. That's that's e- easy fruit. If it's gonna be hard, let's leave that one on, up on the tree. Like whatever. Easy fruit. Let's that- pick something else. Yeah. Here's here's what I would do before you get to a long weekend. Rather than shutting the SIS down or shutting down a system down, go through the admin accounts, go through the sysadmin accounts, see if you've got any gray hairs that need to be trimmed off. Um, if you've got somebody that only needs, you know, district wide or or a high level access on a, on occasion, maybe suspend their account or remove that access for the long weekend. I mean, that's obviously that's a lot more manual work than setting up a procedure that shuts the system down. But sure. I would rather, you know, start to trim down the the stray or dormant accounts that's a more likely thing that's going to happen is a dormant account that's going to be taken over and, right. and used when you're not looking um I, you know i refer to them as sleeper accounts if i'm gonna if i'm a threat actor i'm gonna go in i'm gonna set a, a sleeper account in in place and then i'm that's what the account is that i'm going to use that night so rather than shut the system down i would say your long weekends your spring breaks that's your chance to kind of Give yourself a little bit of a trim and 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 go through your sysadmin accounts, your high level domain admins. And I think too, most most next gen firewalls have schedule based or that I think you could you could create a like we do this with wireless. We shut down 
our guest network at four o'clock in the evening and it doesn't mm-hmm. come back on until seven o'clock the next morning. That's easy to do with Aruba Wireless. I think you could do the same thing with a FortiGate firewall and do a time-based rule that would kill external access for several of your servers or even all of your servers, you know, name AD, print, files, you know, whatever. Um, speaking of FortiGate and Fortinet, Chris. Fortinet talk- podcast at Fortinet.com. Email them. Let them know that you heard about them from us. You can even just email them to say hi. And yeah. if you're looking for a firewall, if you're looking for some EDR, if you're looking for whatever, Forta has a ton of products. We we know that. Forta everything. So email Podcast at Fortinet.com. Forta everything. Let's talk about New Hampshire. We're going to New oh, Hampshire yeah. soon. The New Hampshire CTO Clinic. All three of us going to be there in person. Mark, do you want to talk about the keynote that we get to do? It is a retrospect, some of the lessons learned. Uh, so it's going to be a really exciting look back at what are the challenges that we had to go through during COVID and what are the things that have changed our jobs and, and the way we do things. But also, how do we use those to think about the future? We've got new technologies coming up on, on us really quickly, like AI. And uh, how do we make sure that AI does not take over us before we get a chance to actually understand what it's going to do and how it's going to change our, our districts. So that'll be a little bit of fun. We need the help of seats, right? Um, That's in know, New Hampshire, but anyone up in New England can attend. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Come on up. It's going to be, Mark said it's going to be exciting. So bring your popcorn. Um, and Mark would know because he's the one writing the keynote. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't think there is AI networking equipment yet, but I think who will develop it first will be Extreme Networks. Don't you think, Chris? Yeah, Dean Mayer at ExtremeNetworks.com. Hit that guy up. Uh, and also, talking about K-12 Tech Pro, there's a new article from Eric, the intern, on there about all the free training. If your E-rate season is coming to a close, maybe you're starting to get your new networking gear in. Uh, Extreme Networks is one of the ones listed that they give free training. So if you got new switches and you're not sure how to config them, uh, you can go to K12 Tech Pro, click on that free articles, uh, article, free articles, article, free tools, article, uh, and Extreme Networks. The link to their free training is listed there. And email dmayer at extremenetworks.com. All righty. And we appreciate them being on. Um, it's eval season. Do you guys, so we've had to do, or I had to do evals for my uh, two employees. Do you guys, I know you guys get reviewed in evals from whoever you're, whomever. Um, I'm assuming you do evals. I do. Uh, I usually do one formal one a year and then one I call informal. It's more just laid back. Um, both have the same, like the sheet that I give is the same. Yeah. Uh, but I always say one doesn't really count. It's just more making sure that uh, it's, it's really a lot of, most of the time uh, it's, my chance to communicate well that I think they're doing a good job uh, and to say some of those things that I don't say daily or even weekly to them, or maybe sometimes monthly to them. It's a good check on that. It's even a good time just to talk about projects going on and uh, cross training opportunities. Sometimes I like to unpack that. Uh, But yeah, twice a year, basically. Yeah. Unpack. I'm going to work on that guys. I'm going to work on that. And I think it's a good chance to, 
you know, rather than waiting till the end of the year, one, one per year, um, you can address things a little sooner. If something needs to be addressed, you can address it halfway through a change. So yeah, definitely um, think about do, be doing your evals for your tech stack. Provision Data Solutions, a proud sponsor of the Kitsville Tech Talk podcast. Reach out to Ryan Rothkoff at Provision Data Solutions. That's all I got, bro. All right. That's all I'm going to unpack tonight. Mark, <laughs> anything else? <laughs> I got nothing now. Got nothing. So we meet, we got one more time and then we're going to be in person. Is that what's going on? What's the. No, we got two or three more times. Oh uh, yeah. We got two more times. Two more, yeah. And then that final week, I will be going to Dallas for Vex robotics competition with my middle schoolers. We're going to kick butt on the world stage. And then I'm leaving from Dallas to meet Mark at an airport. In Boston, been working on that. And then Josh, you're gonna show up like an hour after me. Yep. Mark, are we just gonna sit on a bench like in the airport? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna take you like a, like a, I got some place I'm gonna take you. In an hour? Oh yeah. I'm gonna yeah. be dead before you get there, Josh. <laughs> the airport's right in the middle of the town, so like, you're gonna pop out, uh, live it up, and then come back and get Josh. Could you bring me to? Mark Wahlberg's childhood home. Yeah, we could do that. We could do that. I'm a big fan of him and also the new kids on the block. Joey McIntyre's mm-hmm. house, maybe. Mm-hmm. Do, you know, do you know where that's at? Mm-hmm. Where Where is this going? We have them all in our assists. It's kind of interesting. Do you really? Yeah. Yeah. Josh, can you name one new kids on the block song? Um... Uh... <laughs> I yeah, know Mark knows them I all. Can't, he probably does. They probably have to sing them instead of the national anthem there. They sing new. Um, oh, the right stuff. There we go. Oh, yeah. Mark, can you sing that really quick? I If I did, <laughs> I might like screw up and do the Weird Al version. What was the other one? Or maybe that was that one. Oh, yeah, that was. Uh, uh, oh. <laughs> God. Um, all right. We will. I guess we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. First time was the best time. Second time was a black. You got the rest of baby.